0: Hi, and welcome to Authentically ADHD with me, Carmen, your host. I created this podcast to help anybody that struggles with neurodiversity. As a late diagnosed ADHDer, teacher, and life coach, I want to help as many people as I can with this disorder, give you tips, tricks, the new research, and some mindset work along the way. I'm here to spread positivity and help seriously as many people as possible. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, friend, and welcome back to the podcast. As you know, or if you didn't know, the past two weeks we have been talking about overwhelm. This is episode three of three in my overwhelm series. And you guys, I swear I live the things when I'm teaching them to you because I went through a bout of overwhelm and as we talked about in the last two weeks, it has helped develop a lovely cold or something, I don't know, uh, that kept me home from work the last two days. So after I showered today and, you know, I talked out loud for a little while, I was like, well, I sound somewhat normal, so I can start maybe possibly trying to record this episode. So if you hear my voice get a little raspy or something, it's because I'm getting over a cold. That's just the loveliness of having ADHD, being a teacher of small kids, and, you know, just not always taking the best care of ourselves, which is kind of what we're going to talk about today. I am so glad that you uh, clicked play today because today is the day that I will be giving you my top 10 ways that I personally stay out of overwhelm, the things that I've learned through life, the things I've learned from my coach. Um, so far we've talked about what it what overwhelm is, how to recognize it in your body, last episode um, I went over how to surf through the emotion of overwhelm, which actually you can use that surfing practice to surf really any emotion that you have. And they call it surfing because an emotion is just a 90 second wave that comes over you from research. Now, it doesn't say that that emotion can't come back, but it is it does only last about 90 seconds to begin with. If it carries on longer than that, it's your thoughts, um, creating that emotion. So we've talked about all of the reasons that we as neurodiverse people experience overwhelm and burnout so much more frequently than our neurotypical peers. But first, I really want to review why we feel this so strongly, why we usually really don't know what to do with overwhelm or what it means. Overwhelm is mainly an emotion. It can be a situation, it can be a thought, and it can be your result, but it is mainly an emotion. And ADHDers have a hard time identifying, feeling, processing, naming, pretty much all emotions. For a lot of us, we are used to pushing emotions down, throwing them at others, or just bypassing them completely until we can't anymore. Which, and then we usually explode. Um, I want to teach you what my coach has taught me. Emotions are not problems to be solved. They are experiences to be had. Okay, I'm going to say it again because it's super important. Emotions are not problems to be solved. They are experiences to be had. And we can feel some of these emotions without crumbling. Now, I'm not talking about grief. I'm not talking about strong, deep emotions that do sometimes allow us to crumble. But I'm talking about us dramatizing overwhelm and spinning in overwhelm and letting it pretty much take over all of our actions, what we do, what we say, and how we act. The other big part of this is how you speak to yourself when you're in overwhelm or after you realize it. Do you validate your own emotion? Are you kind to yourself when you are identifying and processing the emotion? Or are you beating yourself up? Because remember, we cannot use shame to grow. It doesn't work that way. This is also not something that one three-episode series can just help you completely Get over overwhelm. In quotes, you you may want to come back to this for reminders. Um, sometimes overwhelm is your situation because you do have so much on your plate. You are living in chaos because it's familiar. You may not like to live in chaos, but the brain seriously loves what's familiar. You guys, the brain is so strong; it loves what's familiar. So you will always go back to the way you felt, that was familiar, because familiarity is more comfortable to your brain than a calmness, because chaos equals familiar, and which equals comfortable. Okay, calm equals unfamiliar, equals mm-mm, unfamiliar, uncomfortable. Overwhelm is not something we can just like turn off and go about our business. What I've learned is that overwhelm is a warning. It's a warning that you are doing too much. It's like, hey, hey, I I have an emotion. I'm feeling, feeling. I need something. It's telling you you're working outside of your capacity. So instead of judging yourself and berating and shaming yourself, ask yourself this question. How can it be true that I am overwhelmed? How can it be true that I am doing too much? Ask yourself with kindness and compassion, in what ways is this really too much? This is why we talked so much about developing self-awareness and getting in touch with our true capacity. ADHDers and neurodiverse-brained people like us tend to run away from overwhelm. We think that we are getting over it, but really we are just hiding. We're avoiding procrastinating and ultimately we're just lying to ourselves. Now I'm going to stop here and I'm going to say if you have not listened to the previous two episodes, it's not a requirement in order to listen to this one, but I would definitely suggest you go back and listen to those two first because we talked a lot about getting to know yourself, self-awareness, and knowing your capacity. Because when we avoid, hide, and procrastinate, these avoidance behaviors and thoughts are really energy-sucking. They can lead you to doing absolutely nothing, and we cannot afford to waste our capacity in these negative thought loops and avoidance. We need a new plan. If you think back to how you've handled overwhelm recently, these avoidance behaviors really... Well, they kind of look like this. Thoughts you may have, such as, well, other people can do XYZ. Why can't I just do XYZ? I am just terrible at life because I can never do XYZ. First of all, are those thoughts helpful? Are they kind? Are they true? Because I highly doubt other people can do the unrealistic to-do list that you've set out for yourself. I also apologize in advance if you can hear my brother above me. This is what thin walls um, get us, but hopefully this mic is drowning him out. Anyways, do you ever think to yourself, "I'm, I'm just a terrible person because I can't do X, Y, and Z? Because I'm promising you right now, your to-do list is probably so long and so unattainable that even the most neurotypical of typical people wouldn't be able to get it done in the time that you think that you should be able to get it done. These thoughts create shame. And in the words of Brené Brown, shame is the master emotion that makes that feeling of I'm never good enough so pervasive. Shame is seriously so powerful and it can take a hit to your self-worth. So if you are constantly in overwhelm, shaming yourself about it, your self-worth is probably pretty low. And <clears throat> having thought maps that look like this. Situation. I am overwhelmed. Thought. I shouldn't be overwhelmed. Emotion. Shame. Shame. Our actions are to avoid, procrastinate, spin out, and shame ourselves. So the result is now we're dealing with overwhelm and shame. Now you've just added to your overwhelm plate by giving yourself shame for feeling a feeling. You have shamed yourself for feeling overwhelmed. And so now you're dealing with both emotions, which can feel pretty overwhelming in itself i want to tell you right now that it's not helpful does it sound helpful i'm sure it doesn't because it's not you are a human you are not a robot no one is expecting you to be more than human no one is expecting you to be perfect and if they are i'd question why this person is still in your life This is how perfectionism also plays into overwhelm, trying to do too much because we say yes too much. This plays into people pleasing. When we want to say no, we overload our schedule. Then we have to drop things last minute, usually with an excuse or a lie attached to it. Or we overwork ourselves past our capacity into burnout. Sound familiar? This is literally how I used to live my life on a loop. In chaos, shame, and guilt. In lies and just not being honest with myself or others. I'll tell you right now, it works to make people like you and it works to feel accepted. But it's so unhealthy and it's not sustainable. Sometimes getting too overwhelmed in certain areas of our life can lead us to actually becoming physically sick example on the other side of this microphone so please I am begging you to stop hustling for your worthiness your worth as a human has nothing to do with how much you did or did not get done in a day so I know it's taken me a minute or 11 to get to the ways that we can get or stay out of overwhelm, but it's for good reason. You need to understand it first. We need to gain some self-awareness and we need to know how to feel our emotions. The way I guide you in at the end of episode two is the way you can feel emotions. And we have to accept that overwhelm is going to be here. It is an emotion that doesn't just go away. Okay? It, it doesn't. So first we have to accept that. Okay, overwhelm's here. It feels gross. I'm feeling it. It feels disgusting and I don't like it. But now I'm going to question why is it here without shaming myself. I'm going to validate that it's here. I'm overwhelmed and it makes sense. Now what? Now what do we do with that? The next part involves giving yourself grace and compassion. Can you ask yourself, "What do you need? What do you need, ADHD?" Seriously, friend, what do you need? Ask yourself in any way that sounds kind to you, but in the kindest way possible, in the way that you would ask your child or your best friend, "Honey, what do you need?" Cause it's you need something. I know I sound like a broken record, but it's really important that the first step is to gain self-awareness and be honest with yourself about your capacity. How much can you actually handle? I want you to look at your to-do list. If it's not written down, write it down because I'm not going to repeat how that crap doesn't belong up in your brain. Do you see how much you are holding over your own head? Now really look at these items. Do you actually want to do these things? Will these to-dos help you to achieve your goals in the end? Are these to-dos that other people have influenced you to put on that list or directly told you to put on that list? I invite you to take the items off that you do not need to do, don't want to do, Or realize that you really just don't have time or capacity to do. Things that can be taken off because you can still live a happy and healthy life without doing these things. Like organizing that area in your home. Cleaning out your car. Or going through old clothes. We put these things on our to-do list and then we usually let them sit there creating this extra weight this extra overwhelm and extra shame on top of everyday life. So step one is episode one, gain some self-awareness. And step two is become aware of your capacity. We talk a lot about this in the first two episodes. Step three is clean out your to-do list. Again, This isn't something you can just learn in a three-episode series. This is a practice. This is a practice because we need to be kind and compassionate to ourselves while we go about it. And it happens all the time. Overwhelm is not just going to go away. You're not just going to never feel overwhelmed. But now you're going to know what to do with it. Step four is a bit deep. Step four is to cut back on the chaos. ADHDers tend to struggle with living in chaos for a few reasons. One main reason is lack of awareness of time. We literally cannot feel time pass in our subconscious the way that neurotypical people can. I want you to listen to that again. We don't feel time passing. Like sitting there, we can't feel that it's been an hour. It feels like an hour to us. It's only been five minutes, or it feels like five minutes, and it's been three hours. It's just the way that our brains work, which is why we need to make time visible. We also have a very deficient working memory. That, that place in your brain to pin a task or a thought long enough to complete it, we tend to forget that thought. Think about it this way. Your thought is, I want to make my bed. You go in to make your bed. You find something that goes in the cabinet in the bathroom. And as you're putting it away, you notice that the bathroom looks kind of dirty. So you start tidying up in there. Then you find something that goes, I don't know, somewhere else in the basement. And you go down there and all of a sudden you're tidying up the basement when your thought was, I need to make my bed. So... That that's what a deficient working memory can sometimes do, mixed with distractibility and all of the other wonderful things that come along with an ADHD brain. We also struggle with prioritization, which means we struggle to say yes to things and that, we, that don't matter, while forgetting what does actually matter. This ties back into people-pleasing, saying yes even when we want to say no, or should say no. And then on top of it we also have a FOMO issue, you know, that fear of missing out. Have you ever said yes to something because you have a fear of missing out? I definitely have. And then we engage in problematic positive thinking. We have thoughts like I can get this done or I'll make it work, etc., etc. We think We are just time wizards, like that we can fit six hours of commitments into four, but it's just not possible. That math doesn't match. It doesn't math, you guys. So step one, gain self-awareness. Two, become aware of your capacity and be honest with yourself. Three, clean out your to-do list. And step four, cut back on chaos. I know that these steps are meaty, but overwhelm is complex. Like I said, it's not going to be something you can improve from just a couple podcast episodes. It's a practice. I'm still working on it myself. And I've been working on it for a year. Okay, so step five, create boundaries. Here, when I'm talking about boundaries, I mean internal boundaries. The internal boundary of living in reality. This may sound silly, but if we really, really, truly think about it, we live in fantasy quite a bit, thinking we can do all the things and please all the people. We fear rejection so much that we say yes instead of living within our own values, knowing that saying no might create a feeling of sadness in someone else and in ourselves, but that that's okay. We don't have that self-trust that we can take care of ourselves in that sadness and let that other person be responsible for their own. We can't please everyone. It's just not possible. So getting to know your capacity involves setting internal boundaries in what you actually can handle in reality and knowing what to say no to. So we've gone through steps one through five, self-awareness, your capacity, cleaning out that to-do list, cutting back on chaos, and creating boundaries. These steps take time. I'm not going to lie to you. It it doesn't take three podcast episodes. They take self-understanding and willingness to look inside yourself and be honest. The next five steps don't take as much self-growth, but you need to develop and do the first five in order to move on to these next five. Ask me how I know. (laughs) so uh, step six is to schedule in time for rest reflection and restoration give yourself time in between tasks to recharge and reflect on your capacity what you want and how you feel this involves monitoring your stress giving your brain a break and really honoring your capacity that means stopping and paying attention to how you are actually feeling And that leads right into step seven, to meet your basic needs. I usually have this in the beginning of the steps, but you need to know your basic needs in order to meet them. So it takes reflection, self-development, and true mindfulness to actually know what your basic needs are. So then meet them. Step eight is get rid of the shoulds. I have a whole podcast episode called Stop Shoulding on Yourself. Because all those things on your to do list or in your brain that are things like that you think you should do, you are a grown adult. And you do not have to do anything you don't want to do. Okay? Get rid of the shoulds and go listen to that other episode if you want to know more. (laughs) Step nine, and this one's a hard one do less. This step may sound easy or super hard, but it involves being honest with the people in your life and yourself. It involves saying no and tolerating the uncomfortable emotions that come with saying no. It involves asking for help from trusted people. Most of the time, people are more than willing to help you to just take something off your plate or you can just leave some things undone. Just because your grandmothers, grandmothers, grandmothers always did it doesn't mean that you have to take the time to do it if you don't have the capacity. You may have to just leave the car messy, leave the room messy, and so on. Nobody's going to die. And last, but certainly not least, number 10, you need to feel your emotions. ADHDers, we tend to bypass and avoid our emotions. We think that they are frivolous when they actually help us get the results that we really want. I'm going to quote my coach again. Emotions are not problems to be solved. They are experiences to go through in life. And the goal of life is not to be happy. The goal of life is to experience life and reach your goals while being able to feel all the emotions. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So, I'm going to recap those steps. And I want to remind you that none of these will work unless you are validating yourself and being kind to yourself because we can't shame our way to growth. So, here are the top 10 steps that work for me to overcoming overwhelm. And they have worked for so many other neurodiverse brains. Number one, gain self awareness. Number two, become aware of your capacity. Number three, clean out your to-do list. Number four, cut back on chaos. Number five, create boundaries internally. Number six, schedule time for rest and reflection. Number seven, meet your basic needs. And number eight, get rid of the shoulds. Number nine, do less. And number ten, feel your emotions I truly hope that this series has helped you take some step towards living a less overwhelming life and remember you can always come back to it because our memories suck so make sure you hit that follow button so you so you can see anytime I set out a new episode wishing you the happiest of holidays and I will talk to you next year stay authentic my friends Are you looking to get more support from a trauma informed coach in a coaching program? Possibly looking for community, looking for people who understand you and for strategies and real life ways to get better with your ADHD? I would love to join to invite you to join Focused, the program made for adults with ADHD. Kristen carter is amazing and she has made an amazing program for adults with adhd so this holiday season give yourself a gift and use my show notes link to save money on your first month of focused i mean it saves us both some money on a month of focus and who couldn't save some money around this time of year hope to see you in there